Our next guest to join us on our Women in Real Estate podcast series is Hattie Walker-Arnott. Hattie set up her own business, AIRE, pronounced AIR, last year, which uses artificial intelligence to support eclectic real estate projects. Hattie's background in development management at JLL, combined with her passion for technology and innovation, inspired her entry into this new and exciting sector within the real estate group. Here she is in conversation with Georgia Crell, an associate in our commercial real estate group. Thank you very much, Claire. I'm Georgia Crell. I'm an associate in the real estate department. Hi, Hattie. Thank you very much for agreeing to come and speak to me today on our Women in Real Estate podcast. We met quite recently at the Investment Property Forum conference, and you were helping to deliver a session on the future of artificial intelligence in real estate. You obviously own your own business within that space. And I thought you represent a really fresh and exciting new chapter uh, within the real estate industry. So I'm thrilled that you've agreed to come and chat to me. So let's begin with your background. What is your professional background and your career in real estate to date prior to your current role? Of course. Thank you, Georgia, for having me. And thank you for a very kind introduction. (laughs) My background is as a commercial sphere. So I trained at JLL in commercial, mainly development. So I ended up in a really interesting team actually at JLL, uh, which was within the central London investment team. But we did all sorts of mixed use development. We did overstation crossrail developments. We worked on Crossrail 2, which I'm not imagining we'll see <laughs> the site of anytime soon. And I also got to do some fun things like lots of head lease regears, which I'm sure you've um, <laughs> touched in yep. your legal profession. So yeah, I spent about five or six years in the end at JLL before I had the opportunity to be seconded to Great Portland Estates. So that's a central London developer, office developer. First of all, I would say to anyone, secondments is such a wonderful way to give another role or another company a try. So I do really recommend people go for it if they have the opportunity. And there I was working mainly in the investment team. So looking at buying and selling development sites or buildings for for GPE. But it was when I was there, I, again, was really lucky to meet a man called James Pellat who runs their innovation team and I actually got almost seconded within my secondment I got to go and work with him and James was really pushing for tech in commercial real estate way before you know he was really one of the very early adopters early investors so GP invests in tech as well as uses it and he just completely opened my eyes to that side of the industry, which I hadn't really seen before. And one thing I I would say about James and in the context of women in our industry and lack of (laughs) lack of female representation, he was an incredible supporter. And he really took the time to explain all of these new tech concepts to me to really make sure that I felt like I knew what was being talked about and I think that for any man listening to this I think you should feel really you know you're in a wonderful position of influence to be able to help women and bring them up with you and so James was one of those people for me and again I just I feel so lucky that I got a chance to work with him. 
And then that, as I say, opened my eyes to tech. And so I decided to go and work in a prop tech business. And I stayed there on the tech side for a couple of years. But then two things became quite clear to me. First of all, I actually really did miss the development side. The the work that I did was really interesting and complex and had so many different moving parts. And so I wanted to get back into that. But also while I was at that tech business, I started to see the potential of AI and particularly why it could work so well for real estate. Mm. And that led me to start AIRE. That's, um, I can really see that trajectory sort of starting from a quite a traditional development management background, moving on to sort of current prop tech and then how that sort of is a very clear path towards what you're <laughs> sort of currently at the forefront of. And it's also interesting what you say about a mentor. And perhaps mm. we'll, we'll come back to that maybe a bit later on and how that's been important to you sort of developing your own business. But uh, that leads me neatly on to my next question, which is how did you come to want to set up your own business and what's going on at AIRE Air today? <laughs> yeah, so it really was a natural evolution. I think I I would have taken a development manager role if I could have found one where I could also spend a significant amount of my time learning. And that's really what I've I've spent the last year doing is I've done a number of courses around AI. I've been learning to code. And I think I, I, it's something that is really missing in the, in the prop tech industry. There are not enough proper property people and I think maybe property people don't think that they have something to add but actually from my perspective the best prop tech business is one that has both proper property people (laughs) and tech people really just a natural progression that I couldn't see the the role for me where I could both do work on development but also work in tech and learn about tech about AI specifically and so I decided to do it myself. I think that idea about proper property people which is a bit of a tongue twister (laughs) um, then sort of developing new skill sets within tech and AI that's interesting because it it feels to me that's the proper way to utilise AI to actually inform and symbiotically improve the property business rather than those two things existing sort of in parallel and not really interacting properly. Is there anything specific that you're doing at AIR today, any projects that you're working on that we you might want to share with us? So at the moment, we've got, got kind of the two parts of the business. So I... The majority is development management. So I'm working on some really interesting mixed use regeneration. And then the other part at the moment is AI education for real estate professionals and businesses. So whether that's, as I say, I run a podcast, uh, which is called Property 3.0. And that is all about me capturing these things that I've been learning over the last year and translating them into their potential uses for real estate. I run lectures and seminars and things like the, you know, the turning up at the IPF uh, conference to help. Really, my main aim is just to get property people thinking and talking about AI. And then as well, doing CPD sessions for real estate businesses. That's fascinating. I mean, that your session at the IPF conference definitely had that impact on me. Um, various examples that you gave 
sort of the architect's drawing is the one that stands out most vividly in my mind that you asked ChatGPT or one of the other AI yeah. models to produce some drawings of a mixed use scheme and sort of within three seconds you had four different options which might have taken an architect's firm days to deliver. Yeah, if not weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, so that was its program called Midjourney. So all of the large language modules, so ChatGPT, they have what's called kind of overlay an image generator on top of them and ChatGPT's one is called Dali. Majorni is an exceptionally good one for just creating images that are really beautiful in their own right and yeah you can literally just type in please create a building at this that that event was at a Hilton hotel on the river so I said please show me if Four designs of a Hilton hotel clad in, I think, clad in wood with foliage and a rooftop garden with uh, trees or whatever. And within seconds, it produces all these different options. And the thing that gets me so excited there is that, you know, the process of designing buildings is obviously so iterative and it takes a long time. And if we can just you know, really quickly in one meeting, spin through loads of different options. Now, at the moment, none of these, they don't have any of the detailed design behind them. We, we don't yet have any systems which can also include all the rights to lights and the planning and all the kind of other restrictions that go, what's the word, constraints that go into a development. But for just getting people to, to think of the art of the possible, it's amazing. Yeah, I completely agree. Moving back slightly to your business mm-hmm. and setting up that business specifically, and you mentioned before about the importance of having James Pellat, who was sort of a mentor to you. How easy or challenging has it been to set up your own business, especially within such a male-dominated industry as as real estate is? And have you felt supported and encouraged? Obviously, people like James have been very sure, supportive. Yeah, incredibly. But, but you presumably also had some challenges to overcome as well. Yes, I think... I would actually say I I do feel lucky. I haven't had any major hurdles yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I also do recognise. Obviously, I am a woman, but I'm also a white publicly school public school educated woman. So I I appreciate that I have a huge amount of things in my favour. The great thing about places like JLL and GPE that I definitely didn't realise when I was there was that creates the most amazing network of people that you know you build good relationships over years and all of the work that I do at the moment has come from people that I've worked with historically you know maybe it's not someone that I actually directly because you know they're still at GPE or JLL but they've said oh yes this person needs someone on this development scheme and they've you know struggling with the modeling or struggling with this and yeah, it's, it's a fantastic industry, actually, for that, I would say, for, for making those connections. I would say the thing that is most challenging, and especially when it's a business which has two very clear halves, is knowing any one day where to spend your my energy. So again, I think we don't realise when, when you're in a firm, you know what you have to do that day. You know what work is coming in. You know if you want to be promoted, you kind of know the steps that you need to do, the things you need to achieve to get there. And it's quite, it is quite difficult sometimes thinking, okay, I've spent half a day or a day or a week focusing on this project. And it's particularly when I'm looking at AI and having a go at building tools myself, which may well be useless. 
and then you it's very easy to think oh but I spent a whole week doing something that I, I could have done something else but mm. I think that's just the nature of business and is something I'm coming to terms with a bit and trying not to get to you know as long as I'm doing things that are interesting and I'm learning yeah and, and you're learning on the job how to do it exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. majorly <laughs> and that does sound daunting and it also sounds like something that's right for especially if you know it's you've set up your own business and it's your baby it's probably very easy to spend as much time as possible on work and you know and making sure that you have the balance between work and private life is probably mm. more challenging than when you just work for an organization and there's sort of that division of church and state yeah. is, is a bit clearer <laughs> um you mentioned about the sort of informal networks that you've benefited from mm. from your previous jobs are you part of any formal women's networks or, or women's initiatives within the real estate sector Yes. So one which is might seem a bit off the wall is an organization called Padel, which is part of Club Peloton. And Club Peloton is the, the company that runs Cycle to Mippin. Right. And they saw years I'm, I'm they've been around for or Padel has been around for something like fifteen years. So back then they were saying that in the cycling world within real estate you had even more of a dis <laughs> imbalance between the men and the women. So they started Padel to, which is women, it's an annual women's only ride. And they started that to get women into long distance cycling with a view that hopefully you would, you would do that, build your confidence and then move on to cycle to MIPIM or, or, you know, they do loads of different rides across, across the industry and they are amazing networking events and so for me I did Padel in 2018 and I was basically completely new to road cycling and I loved it and met just the most amazing interesting group of women from you know you'll go out for a ride and you're with developers investors architects engineers lawyers you know all aspects of the industry are represented there and five years later, I'm still in touch with them. They, there's a, we have a very active uh, WhatsApp group and there's always people kind of asking questions like, oh, can you point me towards, you know, I need, the other day I needed a planner for, for quite a niche planning question. And I went to that group and came back with six or seven different options of people I could go and have a conversation with. So that for me has been the most powerful group it's I appreciate it as a bit niche but I would recommend that anyone who is in who is even potentially inclined in thinking about getting into cycling check out Padel because it's really um I do it, I do love the idea of a sort of such a specific niche within the real estate <laughs> world but having said that what I can imagine being a bit more invigorating than in a normal sort of networking set scenario is that you're doing a sport together you know there's a shared activity and that's actually quite refreshing from just sort of a drinks event where people are talking shop it's actually you've got this this whole other world that you're engaging with together but also that relates can then relate back to your you know real estate interests which is quite interesting yeah for sure real estate industry more broadly what characteristics do you think that a person a young woman needs to to have to work in the real estate industry especially within AI sort of new <laughs> frontier within that industry. So one thing that I really actually wish that we could see more of, and I hope we will see more of, is is a willingness to try and explore different 
options and if you have an idea give it a go and it, it's a problem that I've I've seen for a long time in the real estate industry obviously when we're dealing with very, first of all very expensive and also very permanent things i.e buildings you can't just you know there's there's a tech approach which is the the Mark Zuckerberg move fast and break things. You can't just like chuck a building up, see if it works, and then be like, oh no, this one's not actually that great. Let's mm. let's tear it down and try another one. Like we absolutely cannot do that. But I think that may have led to us as an industry being a little on the risk of us side. And a, a, an interesting example I have on, on one site that I'm working on at the moment, where we are looking to to build some kind of community center, a public square, a, a central hub to this scheme. And rather than just saying to the architect, right, let's just go and design something, our aim is to use the space prior to the scheme being developed, to use the meanwhile use as effectively like a, a research bed and be able to test different things mm. test different programs with the local community and see what really engages people and then when we go and actually build the building we can really make sure that it that it's something that works well for the local community and reflects what people want and what they've proven to us over the years kind of leading up to it or months really grabs people's people's attention yeah no that's really clever the sort of like testing it out beforehand and as you say it's not something we necessarily always get the opportunity for within real estate because mm. of the nature of the, the sort of asset class and, and assets and, and sort of tangibility but if you've got the opportunity you're absolutely right a willingness to try and just to see turning more specifically to gender issues within real estate do you think that companies within the real estate sector and you work for quite a few and you obviously come across quite a few in, in your line of work do you think they're doing enough generally for gender diversity equality within the industry um i think it's very you know we can't talk about the industry really as a, as a whole i think there's some people who are doing incredibly well and some people who may be still room for improvement <laughs> um, so an example, an organization that I know a number of the senior executives relatively well, and they, about a year ago, they were looking to hire a new development manager. They put this job out on LinkedIn and had got something like 20 or 30 responses. And they came to me and said, it's, you know, Hattie, it's, we've only had applications from white men. And you know, maybe it is the case that at the moment those are the only people who are currently available mm. and interested in this job. But is there anything you can, you know, can can you help us? And I just sent it out to a couple of people that I knew might be interested. I put it on some WhatsApp groups. So it's easy, you know, it's not like a difficult thing. And they got five or ten more applications from a more diverse group. And I think what's really important there two things really to note. First of all, is that organisation was aware enough to think, huh, maybe we, you know, could be looking for some more applicants. Whereas I think a lot of people would say, oh, we've had 30 applicants. Like, you know, there must just not be any women who want this job. And I think clearly that organisation is doing really well uh, at it, at, at kind of seeking it out. But I, I think that other organisations may well need to try a bit harder to kind of go beyond 
that that next step. And actually, a, a friend of mine called Faith Lotchen, who's also a surveyor by background, but she runs an organization called We Rise In, which is about elevating black professionals, mainly in the real estate industry, but she's now expanding into other industries who are at kind of mid-levels in their career into senior positions. So that's kind of the, the core of her business. And she does a lot of training for, for real estate organizations who does things like reverse mentoring programs but she's actually had people come to her again with that same issue and say look we've just had we've had applicants who just all look the same can you help us to go and find some more people and she's like yeah I've got a contact book as long as my arm like Mm. there there is the talent there but at the moment I think it's still down to the individual real estate companies are having to go out and actively find it and if you're not one of those companies who's doing that Mm -hmm. then you might well just sit back and say oh well we tried we put on LinkedIn yeah no no I agree that I think good work being done definitely room for more but what's heartening is that there are businesses there are ways out there of of trying to redress the balance of it which is that's heartening definitely I think we've covered most of the questions I was going to ask you and you've spoken very eloquently about sort of your background and current work and the sector as a whole. Clearly, you've achieved a lot already despite being relatively young. So I I just thought to round off, I'd ask you, what's your most important piece of advice that you'd give to anyone, but especially a younger woman trying to start a career in the real estate industry? Yeah, I think this might seem a bit, again, specific, but my advice to younger women would be to save your money (laughs) (laughs) and generally people invest women will invest less and I think the the reason why that's so important to me is because the reason why I could go and work at a startup you know quite often with startups your your salary will be really low but you'll get equity options and things like this um and I was able to take a massive pay I think I was getting paid like a third or something of what I was pre-startup and I was able to take that because I had saved enough money from my previous roles and that then you know, I was willing to take that pay cut because particularly with the that startup, the founding team was an incredible founding team. And I knew I would learn so much from each of them. And so I kind of saw it as like as a learning opportunity. And again, there's one other startup that I helped for a period where I didn't get paid anything. And again, I was like, well, I have the freedom because I have a, a been fortunate enough through these jobs that I've had previously to save a bit of a safety blanket a safety blanket mm. no, I think that's a really unusual but an excellent piece of advice thank you very much for your time today Hattie it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you and I've certainly learned a lot thank you for having me mm.